Hello, everybody. This is Josh Wagar, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love. And I know that you will, too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries can tend to get awfully long-winded. And so this morning, we are joined by Dr. Joy Angel. I'm very excited about this. Um, somebody that is familiar with our region, and I'm super excited to have you on, Dr. Angel. Thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into question number one, and please tell us a little bit about you and your field. Okay. Um, right now, I serve as the medical director of Baptist Admissions. I've been here near the Cleveland, Ohio area for the last 15 years. Prior to that, I was a uh, missionary on uh, Guam, serving the islands of Micronesia as well. And before that, I was a family physician in South Carolina. Awesome. Well, we're super grateful. And as we've learned on the podcast already from Dr. Mitchell and Mrs. Mitchell and um, another medical doctor that we've had on, medical missions is, is such an amazing aspect of the missions family because it opens up so many doors. So we're always really excited to be able to talk with doctors that are serving the Lord. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, thanks. It's a privilege. Amen. So, well, question two then. Um, for you, what's one of the best parts about being in missions? I think the best part is um, really seeing God at work in people's lives and knowing that you're, you know, being a small part. I feel like I'm only a small part, but a tiny little part of what God is doing around the world. And some have called it the greatest love story the world has ever known for God to be reaching people for Christ. And so to be a direct part of that, I was an indirect part of that before I became a missionary, but to be a direct part of that in some small way, um, touching lives around the world is, is really quite a privilege. Awesome. So then question three, a little bit of the inverse is kind of like, what's one of the more challenging aspects then of what you do um, in missions? Uh, maybe something people expect or maybe something, something that people don't expect. Um, I think the challenging part is that the task, the Great Commission is so large, it's huge. And, you know, God puts us usually in one part or one type of ministry. And sometimes it's overwhelming to think, oh, there's all this that needs to be done or all of this that could be done. And the challenge is then finding and staying so close to the Lord that you, you hear his voice, not in an audible way, but you know exactly where he wants you to, to work and in what way he what methods he wants you to use in order to reach people. Yes, ma'am. Um, and so just, you know, kind of your advice that you've been in missions now for quite some time. And so what, when people are looking for that direction, what's kind of your advice for folks that are doing so? Um, I think the most important thing is to um, erase your will. I, I remember reading the, a long time ago, the Doctar book, the first Doctar book. And um, at the end of that, it had a, a guide for finding God's will. And the first step was erasing your will. And I think that's the hardest part because we, we tend to gravitate automatically to that. But to get rid of our will and then to stay so close to the Lord that you sense his leading and I think the older I get, the more I'm aware of how critical that is of sensing the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. And I think I'm, I hope I'm getting better at it, but it's an always a challenge 
to erase my will and sort out my will from what God, God really wants in the details of life. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's helpful for me. We're, you know, we're new at this. And so I'm, I'm always grateful to hear godly advice. Thank you so much. So um, question four then, who are some missionaries that you would say we've got to have on this podcast and share their story? Uh, there's several, I, there's a lot that come to mind, but a few that, that I thought of, um, were Matt and Marla Hanna who work in Taiwan, um, who've been there a long time. They're very seasoned missionaries. They understand Asian cultures. Um, a younger couple will be Nate and Mam Beckman who work in Thailand. And, um, that's a very difficult field. And another, another couple that came to mind, and there's plenty that come to mind because of my work with the mission. I know quite a few. But the other ones that came to mind um, that I've worked with on their field in Cambodia is Michael and Michelle Fries. Okay, great. I look forward to getting in contact with them. That's three people or three couples I've, I've never had the privilege of hearing of. So I can't wait to get a hold of them and Lord willing having them come on. So thanks. For yeah, sharing. I think you'd enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, okay, question number five, something that um, I've been really looking forward to and I know everybody else has. Go ahead and take some time and just share a story that you love about your time serving the Lord. Okay. Well, this one not necessarily to be the story I love the most, but it's the story I get asked to tell the most. So it's probably the one that's most interesting to other people. And that is the time. Um, it was our first uh, trip to Cambodia. And it was our first day of going out to conduct medical mission campaign. Uh, uh, Latin America, they call them campaign, but our team and holding a mobile clinic. And we were getting, we were going to cross um, an estuary off of the Gulf of Thailand. And um, we got, we got to the shore and it was lined by a mangrove forest uh, uh, with the mangrove trees. So you couldn't actually see very far out to the water. Till you got out past the mango trees. So we divided up with all our medicines and all of our supplies to go, I would guess it's probably a mile across the, this estuary off of the Gulf of Thailand in these small little boats. I'd say these boats were, well, they're much smaller than the boats we would use to get around in Chuuk. Those boats are like the nice fiberglass boats. These were little, probably 12 foot long wooden boats with a little motor on the back that was kind of like a like what you look like a lawnmower motor with a long rudder, almost like a trolling motor for fishing. Mm -hmm. Well, not very big. And I thought, I don't really know how far we have to go, but that's not a very big motor. So I was, the team had to divide up into these boats. We had one Cambodian lady who was paralyzed from polio as a child and she was in a wheelchair, got all the medicines loaded into the boat. And then there were about four of us that got in the last boat. And when we got in the last boat, um, and we started kind of pushing out through the mangrove trees to get to the water. Um, I noticed that we couldn't wiggle. I never got to turn around and see the driver because every time we wiggled, the water would come over the side of the boat. And I'm thinking, I don't think this is supposed to be this way. <laughs> and we got out beyond the mangrove trees. We would bail out some more water and got out beyond the mangrove trees. And I thought, oh, he's going to crank up the motor now and, and, turn on the motor and really kick it into high gear, whatever high gear would be in that little motor. And um, we were now pretty far out from shore. Of course, nobody could see us because of the mangroves trees around the fringe. 
And he, he revved up that motor. And as soon as he revved up that motor, our boat immediately sank. I mean, it didn't tip. It just went straight down. The water just came over both sides and we went straight down. So I grabbed my backpack and I'll have to stop a little bit here and back up and say that um, I had never learned to swim until I was on deputation to go to the mission field. And going to the Micronesian Islands, I felt literally compelled by the Holy Spirit that I should learn how to swim as an adult. Now, I was 40, 40 years old by then, so, but I had an adult swimming instructor who was very patient, and I worked very hard. I would go out and hold meetings. I would come back, practice my swimming, get another lesson, and I never got the last lesson, which was how to tread water. And all of a sudden, I realized I'm going to find out whether I can tread water because the boat is underneath us. <laughs> so I had my backpack. I had all the team's um, passports in my fanny pack around my waist. I had my the other team members. I knew it shouldn't be done, but they had handed their cameras back to me so I could take their picture as they went out on their boats. So I had all their cameras in my backpack. All of this stuff was strapped around me and on me, my water bottle, all of this. And here we are all in the water too far from shore to swim back to shore. So um, I said, Lord, I think we need your help. And I never saw any of the other four that were three that were in the boat the whole time. I could hear the missionary that we were working with hollering help in English because they hadn't been there that long. And um, he was hollering help, help, help. And to make a long story short, it was probably about 10, 15 minutes. I thought that I was about to meet the Lord um, because I was really quite tired of treading water. And finally, the Lord said, um, no, don't come meet me yet. Just float on your back. Get on your back. And so I got on my back, and I was just relaxing then. And I still had the backpack with everybody's cameras. I still had the stuff around my fanny pack, around my waist. Um, I even retrieved one of my flip-flops that I had on. And um, I was in the water probably 10, 15 minutes before um, – before another boat that had gone past had seen us and came and rescued all of us. So we had a Cambodian doctor with us who was not a believer. He was pretty rattled by the whole thing. And we were finally able to get to the rest of the team with the, um, and hold the clinic. We were not permitted to preach in one part where, where or we were, we were not permitted to give out tracts in the one part where the golden Buddha was. There's one in every town. And to our knowledge, that was the first time the gospel had ever been preached there. The people seemed to understand what had happened to our last boat. And so um, eventually I dried out and the other team members dried out a little bit. And um, we're, our Cambodian evangelist was able to preach the gospel. There were six people that professed um, to receive Christ that day. And to our knowledge, that might be the only time that gospel has been preached in that, in that village since then. But at least that was the first time. And God spared us um, in a very wonderful way. But it became a talking point for the whole rest of our trip, the two weeks we were there, because I could say, well, this happened to me the other day. What would, it, what would have happened to you if that had happened? Were you prepared to, to die if that could have been you? And it became a talking point for the rest of the trip. But it was a very interesting start to a, to a mission trip to have that near calamity happen. So, yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, at first, I can't imagine getting on our boat much smaller than the ones that are here and trying to go <laughs> somewhere. So that resonates. And then, yeah, that boat going straight down. 
I really appreciate you sharing that with us and um, how fascinating to hear that you're able to share the gospel for the first time in a place. So thanks for yeah. sharing. Yeah. Um, as we, as we kind of close up and wrap up with question six, do you have any language or cultural blunders that you are willing to share uh, with the internet? <laughs> I, I suppose that most missionaries who've ever learned the language have a story, and there are probably many of them, but the one that stands out in my mind when I was so embarrassed was I was at a gathering of Chukis people on Guam, and it was, well, I think it was in my first year there, and I was happy to learn. I had a one-semester course, and then I had to really teach a tutor how to teach me how the language, the, how to speak the language, and I was learning. And we had gone to a Chukis, I guess you'd call it a party. It was mostly the Chukis church people that we were with, and they had a big buffet of food that they had all brought, like usual. And the pastor of the church got up in Chukis, and he was talking clearly to me in front of everyone else, and so I thought he asked me to go uh, start the food service line. So I got up in front of everyone and I walked up to the food line and I noticed everybody was kind of laughing at me and giggling politely. Um, and I turned around and no one was following me. And then I realized he had said, would you stand and give your name? And instead I thought he was saying, start the food line. And so everybody laughed and then we laughed with them and, I sat back down, totally red and embarrassed. And <laughs> just one of those things that happens. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And they're so polite. They probably wouldn't have said anything had you started to eat. They probably would have just sat there and No, take they it. probably would have and just smiled as they usually do, <laughs> make a mistake. So. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, well, Dr. Angel, it's been such a privilege to have you on. And I know that you probably have, not probably, I know you have multiple stories. So maybe in the future if you have the time we'd love to have you back on and uh, and just share share another story and, and how the lord has worked in your life and so we we would like that but sure um, thanks thanks if, for what you're doing to share the stories oh well praise the lord it's my privilege i get to listen to them all first so i'm enjoying them <laughs> yeah um if people want to keep up with you and follow your story what's the best way they can do that uh probably the best thing would be to write me at my email address which is J-A-N-G-L-E-A, -E my first initial and last name at BMM for Baptist Admissions, bmm.org. Okay, we'll have all that in the description link below. And, um, and then the last question that I wanted to ask you as well, if there are any doctors or medical people listening right now um, that would like to do some kind of a short-term mission trip or get involved, what's the best way that they can reach out and get that done? Uh, the best thing would just be to to email me at that email address. If they forget that email address, they can just go to Baptist Admissions website and just do an info and a search, and they'll get the message to me that way. So we'd be glad to have volunteers, yeah. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been my privilege and uh, really had a blast. Thanks for being here. All right. Well, thanks so much. Alrighty, and for all of you that have joined in with us, this has been Josh Wegart with Dr. Joy Angel, and you've been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast.